In the blink of an eye, Super Bowl 55 was almost ruined. 20 players from the Kansas City Chiefs potentially exposed to COVID and at risk of missing the big game. And for what? All for a haircut. The Chiefs returning to the Super Bowl for a second year in a row. Almost lost half their team this past Tuesday. One player was getting his game day trim when the barber received word that his COVID test was positive. Among those waiting in line, star quarterback Patrick Mahomes. The Chiefs' hopes of winning rest on his young shoulders. Team officials say with five negative daily tests in a row, all players can be available. They feel like they dodged a bullet. Bad news can strike at any time. More serious, though, Christ can return at any minute. Are you ready? When the trumpet sounds, it won't be a negative test that gets us through, but positive faith in Jesus Christ. Welcome to Haven Today. Here it is Friday. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus, and we're in a series called Where is God in a Coronavirus World? This last several days, we've been hearing from Dr. John Lennox, who's been encouraging us to look to Jesus for hope in the pandemic. But today, I want us to meet up with another doctor who is a Christian. He is a medical doctor. In fact, he served as an officer with the CDC. But guess what? He's a pastor now, seeking to minister to people with the gospel in New York City. We are to sacrifice our lives for the sake of others, that they might experience Christ, uh, just as the earlier Christians did in the Cyprian and Antoinian plagues of the first and second centuries. Dr. Stephen Coe will be joining us in just a moment. He's going to talk about vaccines and our call as Christians to love our neighbors and serve them even in the midst of a pandemic. I know some people listening are leery of vaccines. Maybe you flat out reject them. But I invite you to hear what Reverend Dr. Stephen Coe has to say, because he's prayed And he's also studied a lot about the subject, and it's worth it for all of us to hear. After the program, I want to send you a copy of Dr. John Lennox's book called Where is God in a Coronavirus World? John not only shows us how the Christian worldview helps us to make sense of our world today, but also offers us a sure and certain hope that we can find in Jesus alone. I know this book will encourage you as it encouraged me as well. Here's the number to call after the program, 800-654-2836, 800-65-HAVEN. You can also go online and read a few pages from the book, and after that, make your gift there at haventoday.org, haventoday.org. And don't forget, if you wanted to, but just didn't get to, We still have the Gospel of Luke DVD, the feature film with the entire gospel word for word in either the NIV or KJV. You can ask about that when you get in touch. And now we open the program with Chris Tomlin. I will follow. Where you go, I'll go. Where you stay, I'll stay. When you move, I'll move. I will follow. Okay. 
today and where is God in a coronavirus world. I'm Charles Morris. I want us to go now to New York City. I want us to meet up with someone we first met in early March of 2020. He is a pastor, but he's also a medical doctor who used to work for the CDC. So Dr. Stephen Coe or Reverend Stephen Coe, both work. Welcome back to Haven Today. Well, thanks so much for having me, Charles. And uh, yes, it's unbelievable. Who would have imagined that we'd be sitting here a year later in 2021 talking about COVID-19 and this pandemic? Mm, how, how very true. Let me mention that you pastor very near uh, what was the World Trade Center. Uh, you're right next to New York University. So wear both hats for me. Let's let's start with you as a medical doctor. We hear from some of our listeners who are fearful of taking the vaccine. 
any vaccine, but especially COVID. As a medical doctor, talk to me about that. Yeah, answer to your question, Charles. Uh, it's been an incredibly uh, fast process for the COVID-19 uh, vaccines, uh, including the Pfizer and Moderna vaccine. And so, you know, through uh, this really lightning speed uh, process, I, I definitely understand that individuals are concerned with the safety and efficacy. Uh, but Charles, uh, I think if you look at the, the data and uh, the oversight, whether it's uh, you know looking at the FDA or the NIH or the CDC, uh, you know everything looks really wonderful. And the fact of the matter is, because there is so much scrutiny on the vaccination right now, all eyes are upon it. That uh, you could potentially argue that that's even better than you know, some of the research that we've done in the past, whether through vaccines or other pharmaceutical uh, drugs. And so you know, I, I do wanna mention that this is an mRNA vaccine, messenger RNA. So uh, it uh, is uh, a, a part of our genome. Uh, and when we uh, insert the mRNA, it doesn't change our genetic makeup. Uh, and I think that's a question that a lot of Christians have. In fact, uh, mRNA encodes for a protein, in this case, the spike protein of the coronavirus. And so after it does that, the mRNA uh, really disintegrates quickly. In fact, mRNA uh, does not live for long at all outside of uh, a host. And so it really just directs our body to be able to recognize that spike protein and develop uh, antibodies, which you've heard a lot about on the news. And so the concern for this changing our genetic makeup is, is just really uh, not true. Uh, and if I may speak a little bit about safety and efficacy, uh, you know, the MMWR, which is a uh, morbidity and mortality weekly report from the CDC, you know, just in the last several weeks, they put out a couple articles on uh, the safety of uh, both the Pfizer and the Moderna vaccines. And so you've seen uh, really with uh, the, the Moderna uh, vaccine uh, more recently, over 4 million doses uh, of uh, Moderna being given and really just 10 cases of anaphylaxis, which is really what I'm worried about the most, Charles, that uh, if you have anaphylaxis, it's really a critical issue that, you know, you're maybe have trouble breathing and could die. But 10 out of 4 uh, million, that's really just 2.5 per million, Charles. That's an incredibly no number. And so the Pfizer data is very similar that we've had millions of doses and very few cases in the United States of uh, anaphylaxis or severe allergic reactions. And so, you know, I know there are concerns, but, uh, you know, really the data looks very good. And so, you know, I just want to really encourage folks, uh, you know, to do the research if you are afraid. You know, I would say a lot of the church members in our own congregation, especially those over the age of 65, you know, have a lot of questions. And so we did a few sessions for them, really uh, trying to explain uh, both the science and the theology to them and the importance of the vaccination, that they have a much greater risk of dying from COVID than they do from getting the vaccination. And so as we consider the vaccine, Charles, 
uh, it's an opportunity uh, to choose incarnational health. On the one side is the idea of sanctification of the body. In 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20, Paul teaches us that our bodies are a temple of the Holy Spirit, and -hmm. therefore we should glorify God with them. We're to preserve our bodies as holy and undefiled temples. But on the other hand, we are to sacrifice our lives for the sake of others, that they might experience Christ uh, just as the earlier Christians did. That's what those early Christians did in the Cyprian and Antoinine plagues of the first and second centuries. And so on the one side, we are keeping our bodies as temples of the Holy Spirit by allowing our bodies to be sanctified and healed from COVID-19. In fact, we really direct our B and T cells to deal with the virus by taking the COVID vaccine. And remember, uh, Charles, illness, disease, and aging, they're all a direct or indirect consequence of sin. And though Jesus erased the eternal effects of sin once and for all, the earthly effects still remain. Mm. But on the other side of the coin, vaccines allow us to sacrifice our bodies so others might live and experience Christ. Vaccinations instruct our bodies to develop immunity, protecting others from COVID-19. And when enough individuals are protected, herd immunity is achieved, safeguarding entire communities. Mm. And therefore, I believe that vaccinations are incarnational responses to health for each of us. And when we see it in this light, we understand that they're more than just decisions made in a vacuum, but rather to live as Jesus Christ did. Stephen, what I hear you saying, let let me change the terminology for just a moment. Uh, Christ came as the servant king. We are called to serve others. Do you see that for Christians applying to getting a vaccine? Yes, absolutely. And that is really the sacrifice that we make for others, uh, that as we obtain the vaccine, that you know, through herd immunity, uh, through taking the vaccine, even if we are young and healthy, we are really making a choice that benefits our grandpas and grandmothers, the elderly in our congregations, as well as our future generations. And so, Charles, let's not forget that there's a whole uh, wonderful success story for vaccinations. It's not just COVID, but it is the vaccinations that your children and grandchildren get on a daily basis at birth at two, four, and six months of age, that uh, before the advent of vaccinations, there was incredible morbidity and mortality from a plethora of diseases. And so I think sometimes we lose that in the face of uh, fear. Mm. All right. Time is always limited, sadly. Put on your other hat. You're a pastor. You've told me a number of churches uh, in greater New York City have closed because of the COVID. Not the large, huge churches, but small and medium-sized churches. Your church, which is right next to New York University, it's in Chinatown, uh, but you've got a real mix of members of your church. It's thriving. How has your church served Jesus during this pandemic? Well, Charles, while New York is home to more Fortune 500 headquarters than really any city in the country, 
You could argue that small businesses are the city's backbone. They represent more than 95% of employers in the city and provide jobs to over 3 million people, which is really about half of its workforce. Mm. And so when the pandemic eventually subsides, and I believe it will, roughly one third of the city's 250,000 small businesses may never reopen. Mm. They may not see the light of day. And that's why it's particularly important for the church with a capital C to stand in solidarity with those that are struggling in its community. And so that's the story of one of our congregants named Cho, who herself was furloughed, but started a wonderful ministry that helped keep a local coffee shop open while blessing countless frontline healthcare workers when New York City was the epicenter of the pandemic. Kind of tell me how that worked out, Stephen. Well, Copy Sarah is the name of the coffee shop that's on the same block as our church. And just as it was about to close its doors, God stirred and chose heart to call the owner when she, whom she knew very well from buying coffee after services. And she wondered if New York Chinese Alliance Three Stone could do something to impact the community around us. And that was really the start of coffee and pastries for frontline healthcare workers Individuals from our church and really the greater local community, Christian and non-Christian, began buying coffee and pastries from Coffee Sarah and later Petey's Pies to bless frontline healthcare workers who were treating COVID patients in hospitals and nursing homes. And they would write messages, Charles, on the, the coffee or the drinks uh, saying, Jerry, 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 Jayu in Chinese, which means add oil. Or sometimes on a more personal note, thank you for taking care of my relatives at the end of their life. Mm. And so in the end, this uh, coffee and pastries for frontline workers began blessing these overworked healthcare and nursing workers in five boroughs of Manhattan, from big hospitals like New York Presbyterian to Memorial Sloan Kettering and other nursing homes. Mm. So wow. we're grateful because Coffee Sarah and Petey's Pies are now still open while many other restaurants and coffee shops have closed their doors. Mm. Stephen, one last question. How has being a doctor been used by the Lord as you're now a pastor over this past year? Yeah, Charles, you know, God called me to sacrifice at the altar of medicine and public health and uh, sort of being a professor, you know, all things that I love and I, I still love and uh, enjoy, uh, really because I didn't have enough time to minister to individuals spiritually. Jesus always ministered physically, spiritually, and mentally. He ministered holistically, and that was always my desire, but I realized that there's just not enough time in the day. Uh, and if you die physically without knowing the Lord, you know, what good is that? And so as I moved over to full-time ministry, I never would have imagined that God still wanted to use me in the midst of a pandemic, the likes of which we've never experienced. And so in the last year, God has particularly called me to lean in with my uh, skill set, which is not only medicine, but public health, and really to walk alongside pastors in the throes of a pandemic where their tithing has decreased significantly. They've had to shut down their doors uh, to live worship, and they've struggled with this uh, 
online ministry. <laughs> it's ironic because that's what you do, uh, Charles. But most churches in the United States are small, and pastors have never been trained to do online ministry, uh, whether through Zoom or through radio or broadcast. And so I've, in particular, been called to, to help churches uh, reopen safely and effectively and biblically, uh, doing trainings on public health measures within our churches, and uh, really trying my best. Uh, sometimes it doesn't work, but just to encourage pastors that God is sovereign, as I began with, and that he will take care of the church through thick and thin, uh, that mm. always throughout history, the church has flourished in the face of suffering. And so that message is a message of not being afraid and not being given to fear that whether it's Martin Luther or the early Christians, the church will thrive because Jesus has our back. <clears throat> and so that's the ways that, you know, I've particularly leaned in uh, and still lean in, you know, whether talking about vaccinations or encouraging elderly uh, to not be afraid. Uh, there's many ways that, you know, public health practitioners and uh, medical doctors can lean in. Mm, absolutely. Reverend Dr. Stephen Coe, New York City, thank you for joining us. Would you mind leading us in prayer right now as this pandemic continues to rage? Over 400,000 people have died in the United States, uh, thousands more in Canada. I think we need some prayer. Would you lead us in prayer? I'd be honored, Charles, and thank you for having me today. Uh, I pray that uh, this would be an encouragement to your listeners. Father God Almighty in heaven on earth, uh, you are the maker of the heavens and the earth, and you reign over pandemics and pestilence and plagues. Though this is a new one for our country and the world, the reality is that pestilence and plague have existed since the time of antiquity, that you utilize pestilence and plagues for your glory. Sometimes it was for the judgment of those that were evil in the Old Testament. At other times in the New Testament, it heralded eschaton or the coming of the king. But Lord, always did it shed light on disparities and inequalities within the earth, something that you despise and you call Christians to lean into heavily. So Father God, during this pandemic, we are grateful that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. We continue to remember those that are hurting, that have lost their jobs and their livelihood and their communities and their loved ones. And we pray, Lord, that you'd sustain us, that your peace would be upon us, the peace of God that surpasses all worldly understanding, that it would guard our hearts and minds, that we would not be given to the fear of the world, but instead that you would grow our faith, knowing that this is all part of your plan for us. Father, would you shake Christians in their faith and would you awaken non-Christians to belief? We're grateful for this time and we pray this all in your son, Jesus Christ's name, amen. Amen. I'm so thankful that Dr. Koch could join us on the program today. His insights are refreshing. 
and his heart for Christ is encouraging. And that's something we all need more of these days. We're living in challenging and historic times. So many of us are wondering what's going on. How much longer will the Lord let this pandemic go on? Well, these are hard questions to answer. But I really appreciate how Professor John Lennox's new book called Where is God in a Coronavirus World seeks to answer some of our tougher questions. When I first read this book, the Lord really used it to minister to my soul. And I know it'll do the same for you as well. Dr. Lennox not only shows us how Christ helps us make sense of our world today, but he also reminds us of the hope he gives us each and every day. So, call us right now. Make a gift to this listener-supported ministry, and we'll send the book to you right away, Where is God in a Coronavirus World? Here's the number to call, 800-654-2836, 800-65-HAVEN. Or go read a few pages that we put up on our websites out of the book, and you can also make your gift there at haventoday.org haventoday.org and we still have copies of the Gospel of Luke DVD a word for word feature film presenting the story of Jesus in a way to inspire you to know him better I'm Charles Morris thanks so much for joining me here on this Super Bowl weekend would you come back again next time but again we'll be sharing together the great story that's all about Jesus here on Haven Today Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. Our entire Christian life is spent learning gospel rhythms. After all, our Christian life is spent anticipating our first dance at the great wedding banquet of the Lamb. Gospel rhythms aren't just another worldly concern, though. As the Apostle Paul says in Colossians 2, just as you received Christ, walk in Christ. How did we receive Christ? Faith in Jesus, repentance from sin, one step, two steps. The gospel dance, breathe in, breathe out. Confessions blow out of a chest full of conviction. Grace and mercy flood the lungs with gospel clarity. The Christian life, a long obedience in the same direction, a long waltz to the same tune. Christ lived, he died, he rose, and he's coming back soon. Spend more time with Jesus with Anchor Devotional. Visit getanchor.com.